Lillard, long range three, and it's good! At the buzzer, Damian Lillard, are you kidding me? Your favorite NBA podcast in an Indian accent. This week, back at it again with the Wonder Boys from Mumbai and Luxembourg. And maybe some other place also, which we'll not reveal right now. Uh, Vineet, please say hi. Vineet, say hi. This is how the the Night King would say hi, who is oh. not as cold <laughs> as Dame cold. Lillard. I did not want to start off on this note, but for the past two days, I've been hounded by all NBA fans in every single WhatsApp group I'm part of. They've just been roasting me, man. They're like, oh, how can Russ lose to Lillard? Oh, next question. Next year. Oh, okay, okay. Enough, time. enough. Uh, it's yeah, less yeah, about okay, you. Okay. More about the guest yeah, on the podcast. More, more about the guest. Yes, yes, uh, we, we were very, very glad to welcome a very uh, wise, uh, sagious man on this podcast, uh, who also goes by his nickname of JR. Uh, he's the basketball baba from the very popular show among in my family, the basketball babas. <laughs> it's, it's a family show. <laughs> it's a family show uh, with a lot of family values. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Rego. Jonathan, please say hi. Was was the fact that you said wise and sage another way to mask my age? I mean, it was a terrible uh, no, job. Uh, <laughs> I was going for the beard and the little, you know, a sageness in your beard part. Sageness uh, in the beard part. Yeah. Sage, sagacity. Sagacity in the beard. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> but, I believe uh, you. I, I, I mean, after what happened two days back, I have to I have to kind of give you some sort of leeway. Hey, man. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is it. Last episode. I, I'm not taking the shit anymore. <laughs> so, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I've been lo- listening to your podcast for some time now. I actually got introduced to you guys through Karan. Uh, Karan Madho, shout out to Hoopistani. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Stop, stop, stop name dropping, name dropping on your first uh, visit here. Okay, we don't first of all, no one knows who Karan Madho is on our podcast. They know him as Hoopistani. Uh, correct. This is yes. like, we, we never told his name in the podcast. That's what I realized. We called him Hoopistani all the time. Throughout. <laughs> Throughout. That's that's like yeah. that's like my friend's dad calling me Johnny after 20 years of friendship because that's what my friends call me. <laughs> So he doesn't. It, it took him 20 years to realize my name is not Johnny. It's actually Jonathan. Uh, so he was shocked when he heard when he found out that was my name. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, we will, of course, start with something which is bothering me for two days because I saw it live. I saw it happening live in front of me. I knew this was gonna happen, but uh, it's still like nobody, like nobody could do anything about it. Dame Lillard, 34 points in the first uh, half of that game. Game 5 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 50 points. Game winner, 37-footer, 3-pointer. Oh my God, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, all of us, no, none of us excluded. All of us had OKC beating the Trailblazers before the series started. Like, where did it all go wrong? Like, uh, we'll start off with Jonathan. JR, my man, tell me, what happened in the series? Uh... Or have you been underrating uh, Portland uh, this entire while? Have you been sleeping on no. them? No. So, before the series, first of all, I know exactly what went wrong. Uh, uh-huh. Russ, Russ and Dennis, uh, Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder just tried to show up Dame and and uh-huh. spoke trash to him. And there was absolutely no need to do that, right? 
It's not like you guys yeah. are sweeping these guys. It's not like you guys were 3-0 up and you had beaten them by 56 points like Houston did did Utah, right? Uh, so you mm-hmm. know, calm down. You know, like I, I think I think uh, in 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 cruder terms, you know, Hakuna your Tatas, you know. Uh, but but uh, here, here's the deal, right? We all predicted OKC was going to go through simply because they have two of the best 15. But how is it that you have two top 10 players and lose to a Portland team 4-1? That didn't have its second best player on court. Right? Uh, For all intents and purposes, actually, sometimes even its best player. Nurkic was a... Was 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 key to almost all the all, everything that the Blazers ran this season. Uh, so I, when I when I when I said uh, they, you guys actually I think you predicted a four-one sweep or a gentleman sweep. A couple I, of other people. I know. I, I think I said four-two, but uh, yeah, it was it was not close. Yeah. It was just like you know, it'll be four-two. The reason I gave yeah, it four-two was because in my head oh. I was like Damien Lillard I think I said Damien Lillard ha- Lillard has gone from having that one definitive game a series to two definitive mm-hmm. games a series what he <laughs> proved in this series is now he's elevated himself to a fellow who has the definitive series itself you know yeah. so uh, I think he just wanted to get absolutely I think it was fine and comparative until Russ and Dennis kind of had their antics. Uh, was it game three? Yeah, game three. I think three. Yeah. Game three. three. Game three. And yeah. uh, I mean, you, you, there was no need to get in the face of this guy. Uh, you guys were having a decent game, sure. I think even after mm-hmm. Russ kind of showed him up in game three, if I'm not mistaken, Lillard scored nine or eleven points straight after that. Uh, he had sixteen points in the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, something guess. like that. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. If yeah. I follow. I, I didn't follow the stats there, but game. Five was a classic example of how not to play basketball. The last five minutes of Game Five were a classic example of how not to play basketball, and it's it's yeah. made one thing exceedingly clear that at this point in this season, Russell Westbrook is an overrated player. I've never said that about him ever before. Uh, I think he is. He, I agree with Bill Simmons, who I uh, who I look up to a lot. That he's one of those 90-10 guys. That is, you you take 10% of the shit he gives you because of the 90% of the absolutely mind-blowing, exceptional stuff that he gives you. Right? You you take the 10%. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. season has been um, exceedingly annoying, uh, exceedingly frustrating. As somebody who uh-huh. just loves an athletic guard. And uh, Russell Westbrook has just, he's at this stage and this this series has proven it. He's he's an overrated NBA player for the, he's an overrated NBA player. Let me cut you short. Let me cut you short. We need to change the reel on this one. Like, oh man, like don't give us such long, wide answers. Russell Westbrook hate is the next topic right now. Yeah, Vineet, uh, let's come to you then This into this. You've been uh, blasting uh, Russell through your auxiliary means uh, for the past two days. You've been calling him overrated, overpaid, uh, under-dependable, and all those uh, adjectives. Like, where where do you think Russ went wrong in this? And is it fair to put all the blame on Russ, given that uh, Paul George was also injured? I mean, I know that he didn't make the smartest decisions down the stretch, especially like Jonathan said, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter of Game 5 was some of the worst basketball team basketball I've ever seen uh, ever seen uh, Thunder play ever 
like it was just full of uh, turnovers stupid fouls not re- realizing how the clock is working and like absolute amateur level basketball so please tell me like how who do you pin, pin this on i mean my honest answer is i pin it on billy donovan okay thank uh, god <laughs> i mean very simply because you know he did not experiment with lineups and the lineup uh-huh. that was really working for okc and got them that 15 point lead he kind of screwed up and he then yeah. he removed that lineup and changed the lineup and then they got you know basically the, the problem that was okc's problem was that whenever steven adams was on the court uh damian lillard scored like a bitch mm-hmm. you know because he would just get steven adams and then he would do a switch and then that's it right and then once uh jeremy grant was the five suddenly you know damian lillard could not score as freely as he could and that's mm-hmm. the reason why you know they they got that 15 point lead and then suddenly when they got it and i don't know why he just put steven adams in uh, it just it it reminded me of when popovich took out tim duncan oh which was just like uh, why yeah. would you take out <laughs> tim duncan like just is, you know i do not want the tallest guy to be on the yeah, court yeah i mean i, I understand I, mean, i think the, anyway so i understand the, the reasoning on one end but then you know when something is working don't fuck with it um yeah that's that's number one i would i would say would be the problem with second obviously is russell westbrook uh, unfortunately as as good as a player is decision making wise he's kind of shit and he has been shit for a very very long time um and i think even in this game he made a bunch of i think he made he did that offensive rebound he went for the offensive rebound got a foul i think uh, gave up two free throws then he lost the ball I mean if he's the point guard he should know how to how to like pace control pace, the pace yeah, yeah exactly control the yeah. pace and I I don't think he did that um but blaming the whole thing on Russell I think is is a little like is not is not honestly like the best thing because he is an Yeah I mean player. I'm blaming the whole thing on Billy Donovan I'm not I mean cuz No no I, I, I think I, I don't think the whole thing is on Billy Donovan I think just that last 5 minutes is on Billy Donovan in my opinion mm-hmm. he, he had I mean very... he's been criticized before he's been criticized before specifically for his lack of imagination and or lack of trust in the lineups which work like he'll put somehow Raymond Felton in for a while and which I understand you know you have to give some rest but then he forgets to take him out or then when like you said uh, Jeremy Grant goes and center the whole lineup becomes really small and absolutely uh, possible to switch on everything and they can double team Lillard and they did that and that's how I mean the 15 point stretch lead was because of a lot of uh, Portland misses but off those misses Thunder coming back and scoring and you know getting it because that is the th- that has been the Thunder's game throughout the series absolute transition game itself like getting it in a half court like you know giving it to one uh, doing one of those hero ball scenarios where you give it to Paul George or give it to Westbrook that has not worked out as well for them as the transition game has worked out where you know Russ has the advantage he's so fast that the defense they are looking at the ball and somebody else comes from the side and yeah i mean uh, for a team my particular ire i mean nobody's asking me this question so i'll ask it myself wait 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 let me finish uh, let me finish the the russell westbrook thing no 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 i can't allow that <laughs> no i think russell westbrook le- needs to learn to shoot right i think that's uh-huh. just uh, he can't survive as a small guard who attacks the rim and who can't even shoot free throws right like he's what a 60% 65% free throw shooter i mean that was in the regular season he was almost 80 85% in the playoffs he was not uh, that bad in the playoffs it's, it's, i don't think uh, it's 85% it i mean we'll uh, pull up the stats on this one but okay. uh, it was not 60 60% was in the regular season right 
Okay, uh, I mean, but I think it's like he was like a thirty-six percent field goal percentage, and yeah, yeah, is, that yeah, field. I feel like he should improve his shot selection. Um, you know, I mean, it's just just he played really bad. Like I don't think you can take that take that off him. No, no, no. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan, anything else you want to add to this thing? Uh, I I don't think I let you hate on Russell with little bit. No, at I. All. I slightly disagree with Vidit in the sense that I think uh-huh. more of the blame can be put on Russell for two reasons. One, what? <laughs> okay, that's it. Cut, cut the score. <laughs> I mean, let, let's not let's not take credit away from you know like uh, enough enough of the OKC hating. Now let's let's just give credit where it's due. I mean, Portland played absolutely amazing. Uh, even though I mean, I feel that over Thunder did not have any game plan for stopping them. I mean, we all of us, anyone you ask on the street, they how know hard is it to, for you to admit po- this? Yeah. I mean, as a Thunder loyalist, it is difficult for me. But on this podcast, I'm pretending to be, you know, like an unbiased person. So uh, I'm gonna say that. I mean, obviously, Portland played well. You can't beat the Thunder 4-1 by accident. Like they played well in Game One in the crucial moments. They absolutely played amazingly well in Game Two, Game Three. Uh, I mean, Thunder on the back of all that home court, they probably they won. But you know, even there, it was uh, kind of close. Game Four, they they knew exactly how to. I mean, the problem with for my okay, okay. First of all, let me just say that the reason they lost is because Thunder did not plan for what Portland has been doing the entire season, which is bank on their version of the Splash Brothers, McCollum shooting and uh, Damien shooting. I mean, you know that they are the only people who are gonna score, and they're gonna score buckets in huge terms. So why not double team them? Let them pass it to other team. This is the same way that Drew Holiday and uh, Rondo locked up the same team. They swept them last year. It was not that they scored a lot. It was just that they completely suffocated Dame and McCollum. So you could have probably done something. So that's why I put the blame on coaching. But let let's just say, uh, Portland played as good as any jump shooting team has played this season. Like they knew exactly the the they they were full of confidence that one game Ennis Cantor did Ennis Cantor things like 18 by uh, 2020 in the playoffs. So. They they absolutely played their hearts out and uh, Dame Lillard now now you're definitely in the top ten in my NBA team. Oh like, my you, you god! You showed it. <laughs> oh my god! I, I said it. I we said should, it before the season also. Like, I think we should just end the podcast here <laughs> after such a massive admission. Yeah, I think you know such we can't top it. Anyway. Yeah, it's, and, like, this is he, the highlight. He made OKC his he made OKC his bitch. So I'm OKC's I'm uh, Dame's bitch right now. So we'll <laughs> see next. I'll see you guys next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But okay. that that last I, uh, dagger was just. Yeah, hey, man, that, that is oh legendary, man. Like I, I've seen, I've seen a few legendary things. Okay, uh, like which will be spoken about even fifty years later. I, I saw on live TV, uh, Ray Allen hitting that three pointer. I saw, I saw on live TV, LeBron doing the block and Kyrie hitting the Same. three. And this one, like this is like mind boggling. I'm sure. That's I hope crazy. I haven't missed anything between between that. That was the KD years. So. You know the snake years. The snake years. <laughs> so there, there was nothing. Uh, like it was just like, ah, we we're gonna beat you. Don't worry about it. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, though, what do you think about this little, this little naggedy, naggedy, uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, uh, Montres Harrell, and uh, the legendary goat, uh, sixth man of the year, Mr. Lou Williams, uh, their trio doing like, uh, uh, how? How did they beat rigged. the Warriors twice? It's rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> did you see the game today? It was just, I did not see oh the game. Oh my god. They were like the refs were calling falls on everything. 
But it was in Golden State's home. Why would they do that? Well, because they want. The, it's it's the most interesting series, so they they want money. Hey, hey don't you don't you be calling the uh, NBA rigged, okay? It was rigged. Have you co- talked to my man? Oh yes, yes. We can't say we can't say NBA is rigged. NBA is <laughs> NBA is very very good. <laughs> A couple of series oh, did yeah, get over again. earlier. so i uh-huh. i won't i won't necessarily be surprised but um, having watched the game and i think i watched three games of this series already mm-hmm. uh what's very clear is that uh, except for the fact that they are defending champions or they have been two time defending champions there is nothing special yeah. about this warriors team anymore um <laughs> the, which is are you Are you saying Jonathan that the NBA has figured this team out isn't oh, No I I don't necessarily think that the NBA has figured the team out yet uh, uh-huh. I, I would say okay let me let me rephrase my statement Please rephrase Short answer yes Lo- slightly <laughs> slightly longer answer not really because uh the two see all this while the big story that was being Uh, splashed everywhere especially even in the light of KD leaving OKC and coming to the Warriors was that hey look now they've got four all stars right they've got four all stars they've mm-hmm. got four all stars but please i mean i'm i would encourage anybody to look at Raymond Greens and Clay Thompson stats this season they are at best average players like Clay Thompson cannot Clay Thompson cannot make cannot buy a shot for himself uh if his life depended on it right he needs the ball given to him and when the ball's given to him in the right place and he's on song there is nobody more dangerous than clay thompson uh and similarly yep. with draymond green he's been the heart soul spirit fulcrum of this team for a very long time uh and he's mm-hmm. just got, he, he's hit a funk this season i don't think he's become a bad player i think he's just hit a funk both of them so th- this is a very ordinary team except for the fact that they have curry and kd which Uh, are two of the best players two of the 10 best players in the nba which even okc have for example right um, so uh, there's nothing special about this warriors team and what's really interesting is the clippers figured that out and mm-hmm. like i predicted in my um, in in our podcast that the clippers are going to play this game like uh, they're going to play this series um, balls to the wall they have absolutely nothing to lose everybody is picking against them some people even said it was going to be a sweep and uh, they are clearly showing that hey we just have a little more heart than these guys uh, i really like yeah. what curry said at his press conference today which is uh, things aren't the way they we are used to having them be but uh, there's no panic uh we are just in a different place this season we just have to go and get a get our job done which is true right they have to win mm-hmm. one of the, one out of the next three games which is not going to be hard against the clippers team to be honest well i mean as in i i don't think any of us still believe that uh clippers are going to beat the warriors i mean at least i don't what about you vinith no i mean i think it would be very very improbable and the only time i've seen something like this is when uh, the golden state warriors defeated my Dallas my Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> uh so i think it's definitely possible because you know karma is a bitch and uh, you know the LA Clippers this means that in a couple of years the LA Clippers is going to be the dominant force whoa kawai lenard is going there um uh, predictions i i uh, yeah so I, i think i've said different things on different places i've said he'll stay in toronto i said if he comes to la he'll go to clippers so yeah i mean i i, I don't think yeah, you know what golden state is going to is going to win this this series uh, uh, i disagree with jonathan uh, 100% about like you know clays and draymond's numbers they've never been great i mean clays averaging almost 20 points a game 
you know shooting like 49% and 100% free throw and i think like 44% <laughs> on threes so i don't i don't know how you could call that bad numbers but uh, those are excellent numbers just given you know he's got kd and steph who's probably both of them are scoring at 30 points per game uh, and also have most of the ball so he does what he has to do and is is excellent no but today like do you realize the the those three players kd steph all and well. clay all scored well they scored 91 points yeah. and yet they lost yes yes and so i so i'm coming to the reason why now the oh you're, the golden, you're coming you're coming okay. the golden state okay. warriors are more successful because they don't play the team basketball that they used to play so okay. if you, if you look at the way they they attack at this point it's very like it's your turn my turn it's your turn my turn and do you think it's by nature cuz no, i don't think it's by they have this, this cheat code the defenses and the def- and the defenses working towards making sure that only these no i think because they have the cheat code called kevin durant right like it's uh-huh. like when you play with when you play with will chamberlain why the hell are you going to uh-huh. take the shot you just going to uh-huh. give the ball to will chamberlain right okay. if you have a guy like kd who's who's you know scoring at a 50% uh field goal percentage getting his, can get a shot from anywhere any any normal player would be like or right, i take the ball right oh. and i think that's kind of hurting them uh this this time because you can see that they don't really play team ball before it used to be a lot of in transition uh you know passes and and uh, get like cuts and all that stuff kd doesn't do any yeah. of the cutting shit you know he stands in one corner he'll do he'll swail his long arms and then he'll just take a shot right uh, whereas that used to not be how the warriors used to play and there used to be this kind of like fun laughing having a good time team and now it's like because of kd who's always complaining and bitching about shit uh, it's become a complaining about <laughs> no, kd love i i'm a fan of yours now vinith <laughs> no it's true he's a little bitch you know like it just it just keeps bitching i've seen enough of his you know interviews um, press conferences uh, but he is bitchery he's, but do you know who he is though I, I, do you know who do he you is know who do you know do you know who he is I, I, <laughs> jonathan jonathan do you know who he is i though? i i i figured after uh, i think he told me <laughs> but do you but, know who i am but you know i mean i don't think there is any team in the nba who wouldn't take kd you know it's just it's just a cheat code I can't stop yeah, I mean, just very really... I I've, I've heard uh, I I think I read some article about uh, like them being like he could end up at Spurs next season and you know I was like oh I hope that doesn't no, happen because no, no, I like I the Spurs and I don't want KD in Spurs <laughs> I, You don't want KD in Spurs I would take Clay Thompson I would take Clay Thompson into the Spurs KD KD is <laughs> KD is not going to go into a smaller market that's very very clear uh, especially with the fairly loud launch of multiple Uh, business ventures of his including 35 ventures and uh, yeah he's going to new york production. i mean there's no it's i mean it's, it's, it has to be either new york or la right or he yeah. or he stays with the warriors it has to be a big it has to be a big market this man yeah. has this man has understood that he's he has to have ambitions outside the basketball court and for uh-huh. all intents and purposes he is the best player in he is the best player in the world right now uh best I, scorer I, i would say best scorer in the world uh, who who he does enough i think yanis is a better player my point is i think in terms of offense uh, kevin durant wipes yanis the wipes the floor with yanis 
ఇంజరీ లీప్ right uh in terms of just saying okay here's it happened with the spurs for instance right they could do that with murray or you know now they're seeing derek white uh it it mm-hmm. happened with uh i mean there are ton- okay it happened with yanis in a way yanis uh, is is an anomaly but it happened with chris middleton he made a leap this year right outside mm-hmm. outside siakam. of the warriors pascal siakam another excellent point um uh, but none of the outside of the top 4 warriors no one has made a leap and that's a problem because all of them are getting older right igudala is a shadow of himself mm-hmm. he's still very mm-hmm. effective we saw livingston is older now yeah so for yeah. me that's the i think that's the bigger issue <clears throat> that none of their tier 2 players have actually made a meaningful leap and i think that's going to be a problem when they go up against houston in the next series simply because houston's a deep team and if houston catches fire for four games out of the three games which is all they have to win uh i mean we may we may very well be looking at an upset here i don't think it's going to happen i still think the warriors come through but uh that's the bigger challenge the who do the don't who do the warriors come on, don't hedge no no i'm not hedging i'm saying the warriors are coming through 100% i okay. i'm i'm willing to bet on it uh, but uh, my no no we we don't accept money because we have nothing no no we will. accept money we accept <laughs> i'll send it to i'll send my money to vinith um my 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 point is outside the top four who does who do the warriors rely on if you are resting the top uh, top four players and yeah. here i mean i say top four i have to, unfortunately i have to include draymond green but who's who's who 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 carries this team nobody i mean if you can't win with four four teams then maybe you know like there's something else yeah i think I, I, yeah I, i think they I, need I, like better rotations that, but then you know the problem is that they, they, they go up like 30 I, points by i mean we we we've, we've talked about the warriors for a long Fuck time it. now like i no, i've no, almost yeah. let 10 10 minutes uh, of uh, talk going about the warriors enough of warriors fuck warriors okay <laughs> 
let's move on to the spurs now our little spurs nuggets one of those another series where everyone predicted that the spurs even though they didn't have home court would beat the uh, beat the nuggets uh, which hasn't happened uh, i mean this like spurs kind of showed that you know uh, having a great coach is better than having good players in the in games what one and three and then again something else happened in the other games and now so nuggets have taken the lead back again they are 3-2 going into game 6 um can someone make head or tail out of this uh, i'll start with you vinith because yeah. you're the spurs guy I'm a spurs guy so i think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of credit should go to the go to the coach uh, uh malone not not popovich uh, not post malone post. <laughs> yeah so i think uh, Uh, is Mike Malone I'm just kidding yes, uh, yes. people I'm just kidding uh, I think he he did some very good adjustments in in uh, in game 5 uh, which kind of uh, really threw off everything that um the Popovich had designed and I think once he did that it was obvious I think the the adjustment he did was he basically moved uh, he moved uh, Will Barton out of the starting 5 uh, who's okay. who's not a very good defensive player uh and he put uh basically he put uh what's his name uh, Harris on uh, on Derek White and Harris is a far more better defensive player than Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray was okay. the one who was so basically Jamal Murray was trying who to, got tossed yeah yeah he got tossed tossed by, by Derek White, White. so yeah. <laughs> uh that adjustment like made so much of a difference uh because Derek White got shut down i think Derek White scored mm-hmm. like 70% of his shots against Jamal Murray and like mm-hmm. 5% against uh Harris so Gary Harris yeah, so I think that that's that was like a very very good adjustment mm-hmm. um and the Spurs uh, two all-stars are not showing up at all just okay. you know this is the problem with I mean Demander Rosen is uh, barely an all-star anymore yeah i mean i, I the, the both of these these two guys have i've always had a problem you guys got robbed in the Kawhi trade man you guys got yeah, yeah we got robbed that's fine um <laughs> you know i just never understood these two players because they are very very passive you know they don't they don't like this they have talent both of them are extremely talented they can get their shot any time they want uh but when when you know rubber meets the road they kind of just shy away from the 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 uh the challenge and i think uh, the spurs need somebody who can just take up that challenge Okay, and uh, uh, speaking of DeRozan, I mean, I, I know Jonathan, you think that you know he's reached a level of you know that this is all he can do. Let's not uh, talk about uh, him though. But uh, what uh, I mean, do you still think this will go to Game Seven? Because I kind of think that it could go to Game Seven. I think it has a potential to go to Game Seven uh, simply because I don't want to bet against Pop. Uh, Pop makes uh-huh. Pop is a master at making adjustments, uh, and unless he is really unless he's had a really bad uh, glass of wine the previous night uh, he he is going to make uh, he's going to keep making adjustments i still see uh-huh. uh, the nuggets coming through i picked them to pin the series uh, before the playoffs itself uh, uh, and and one of the reasons is is precisely what vinith mentioned is that they don't have that player who can rally them in in a time of war for lack of a better word right no. uh, derozan's not that player aldridge is not that player mm-hmm. to a certain extent uh, jonte more was getting there in a way paddy yeah. mills is that guy but again paddy mills comes off the bench and he needs to come off the bench he's the energy guy uh, and forbes and white are too too young um too late, yeah they 
they are ridiculously talented uh, got to give credit to malone like you said for adjusting but mm-hmm. uh, the nuggets out talent the spurs in this series uh, uh, i think the only place where the talent is even isn't even close is the is the coaching positions but uh, and 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 the shooting guard position you it can be argued but everywhere else yeah. across the board nuggets are clearly a better team uh, we we thought and i i i said this i thought this could this would be the nuggets deer in the headlights moment because you know it's the yeah. first time they are kind of experiencing a team that uh, although the players are not that old but they are playoff tested veterans they they are going up against a hall of famer coach um and that's what happened in the first amongst the in the first three games but the last two games they've just been really smart about uh, their changes and like when it said made made the right personal changes made the right switches and uh, i it's it goes to seven but it, uh, the nuggets are coming through the spurs are not winning this they they've not shown any gumption whatsoever to be able to pull off a win here Mm-hmm. Gumption is a new word uh, being used for the first time on the Boris Bay podcast. <laughs> yes. uh, we would like to thank you for using such nice words and bringing a uh, <laughs> rich source of credibility to this uh, noble endeavor. <laughs> Let's move on to our uh, you know our little adopted conference, the Eastern Conference and adopted. just a G League and <laughs> the E League. Eh? I mean at, at least at least now the now the uh you know the waste has gone off we now have the four best teams which have been the four best teams throughout the season yeah. like we all knew that this would happen there's nothing uh, uh toronto versus um, philly is it sixers philly toronto versus uh, philadelphia 76ers and bucks versus celtics i i think both of these have the potential as all do all matches but they really could could be both of them could be like seven game series and i would not be surprised i mean uh bucks did what i said they will do a sweep oh, so the pistons well they you know i've been saying this for a while well, okay let's not go there so celtics also i did not think the celtics would uh, get over the pacers so easily but uh, like i said brad stevens has been playing games with us all this year now he is going to bring out his actual plan which is to mess up the entire uh, conference he's going to get out of this conference so my east winner is obviously the boston celtics but uh, and toronto philadelphia kawhi leonard but you have Joel Embiid at the in the middle of the paint uh like a, a lot of you know exciting matchups a lot of exciting uh, things happening um, we'll start with uh, Jonathan Jonathan what about what are your feelings on the 76ers Toronto matchup so <laughs> i like the way you keep saying Toronto <laughs> it's quite Toronto, funny that's the way you say uh, <laughs> but uh, i think Toronto comes through but it's going to be a seven uh-huh. seven game slugfest i okay. i even predict the milwaukee boston series to go to seven games um everybody i, I think akshay manwani made a point and vinith and akshay kind of got into it on twitter for a short while uh, uh, yeah. that, that was sad to watch <laughs> this kind of goes slightly against my earlier point about having playoff experience uh, <laughs> and 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 a, a talented team philadelphia are clearly the more talented team across the board uh-huh. here yeah, um, definitely but something about this this raptors team just feels like their time has come right uh, they are they are ready to lift the veil there's no more lebron in the conference uh, this is their time uh, philadelphia is going to give them the fight of their life this is going to be a couple of physical tussles uh, i think uh, my, my my guess is pascal siakam and J- jimmy butler get into it somewhere in the middle of the series uh not so much mbid mbid's been mbid's mbid's a really smart player when it comes to kind of confronting 
uh, hard I fouls think Embiid will look the other way and like uh, give you a little a chicken wing or something but he'll be like oh why oh, 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 I didn't do anything but that was a wrong but but he's already got like some three flagrant fouls or something yeah no he okay uh, so, so 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 yes the flagrant fouls are are a problem with Embiid but I mean it it would have taken a lot of control on his part to not turn around and swing in the face of Jared Dudley in that last in that in that game four I think right. No man, like yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't I don't see Embiid as a fighter. Like he might be African and he's got the blood and the roots and all that. But uh, like I, I don't. Think but he's that's a what he said, fighter, right? He, he, so two things very interesting. One in the press conference, they said that we were expecting this to happen. So which is why I don't know huh. why. And he said this when Jimmy Butler was sitting there. So I don't know why Jimmy Butler then reacted if he knew this was going to happen that Jared Dudley was going to be this bitchy. Um, and secondly, he's like, hey, listen, I know I'm an important part of the of of the rotation, so it didn't yeah. make sense for me to get ejected. Um, Definitely. That being said, I mean, let, 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 that being said, let me let me just ask you a very specific sort of sure. question. See, uh, if like for me, the weak point of Toronto has always been Kyle, uh, this uh, Kyle Lowry. Right. As in, like everyone talks a big game about him, but he's not done anything spectacular in this series at all. Like it has been Kawhi's team, and uh, I, I guess Lowry's uh, job is to you know give the ball to make sure the ball gets to Kawhi right. and. You know, do a little bit of that thing. A little disrespectful, but, you know, I, like, Laurie is not the same sort of impact guy that he's been before. Right. So, on the Philadelphia 76ers, you have Ben Simmons, an absolute athletic beast, can't shoot for shit, but absolutely athletic, tall, like, much taller than Laurie, probably won't be doing the guarding or the decision, but they've got Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, like, uh, four of the top five players in that series, like, from the starting lineup point of view. Okay. On the other side, Toronto, they're coming off of a, a little embarrassing loss to the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. And they should not have lost the game, but you know, it happens. They have always had a problem this year in these closing games. They only have Kawhi Leonard. And I think if Kawhi doesn't score 30 points, the Toronto Raptors don't have a chance to win. Like he, I've said this before that Kawhi has to be the top scorer on the team. Like, isn't what he usually does is he scores 25 points and the game is kind of over. He's like, okay, chill. But here, I think he has to impose his will. He has to score 30 points in the game for them to win. But I don't think the chips are stacked against Toronto because, like I said, four of the top five players in this series are on the 76ers. Like, uh, jump shooting, clutch players, tall, uh, defensively minded. With the best center in the NBA right in the center of it all. So, yes, the... the best uh, center? Uh, Joel Embiid. What happened Hello. to Mr. MVP candidate Yanis Antetokounmpo? He's not a center. He's not a natural center, but fair <laughs> enough. Uh, the the odds are stacked against them. Yes, uh, yeah. I would say three. I would say three of the five best players uh, in the actually four of the five best players are on their team. Uh, mm. The problem, the challenge with the with Philadelphia, they haven't shown an ability to create their own shots except for. Embiid and and uh, yeah, except for Embiid, right? Uh, Simmons, what about Harris? I I mean Harris, I I genuinely He's the king of mid-range. My my thing is I okay this this may be I may be the only person on this island, but I kind of expected Harris to do much more for this for for this series. Much more, yeah. and there's only one basketball. <laughs> they they have like four or five people who uh, can use the ball and do things. My no? okay, my, thing is, please, my please, thing please is continue, my thing continue. is if they somehow manage to take out. Ben Simmons and uh-huh. and keep Harris in check. Let's let Embiid do whatever he has to do. Yeah? Let Embiid get his 35 and 15. How 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 
how uh, jimmy butler again has been less than spectacular it's astonishing mm-hmm. uh, this is a man who has who at one point of time i think 2 years or 3 years ago was one of the five best players in the nba not even 10 um, huh? yeah i i think he there was there was uh, i think it was uh, we are in 2018 19 i don't have to, have to go back to the numbers probably his uh, chicago years right yeah uh, yeah exactly his chicago years is what i'm talking about huh? uh, i think mm-hmm. that this second last chicago year I think the year before Dwayne Wade came, I think he was scoring 26-27 points a game, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody has to look up those numbers for me. But uh, numbers don't matter on the Ball is Way podcast. Yeah, but but, but, but he was he was genuinely there was a series there was a window of time where he was one of the five best players in the NBA, and uh, I I think this okay nothing about this Sixers team except for the fact that they have more talent convinces me that they are going to handily beat the Raptors. uh cool. the raptors just seem like a far more calmer far more smarter team the sixers mm-hmm. look a little careless um especially when things are not necessarily going their way um i i picked the raptors in 7 Uh, but it's going to be a slugfest, and and it's going to be a slugfest because at the same point that you well, mentioned that four of the five it, best it players, be four of the five best yeah. players are on the on the sixers. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying it's it better be a slugfest because uh, we we've spent a lot of time discussing this. Yes. Uh, we need like for final end comments because you know I I know you're really emotional about Kawhi, so you're gonna keep on blabbering, and uh, I don't I don't think anybody wants to hear that right now. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think the Raptors have to do? Do you agree first of all that the 76ers have more talent than the Raptors? Oh yeah, I mean there's no doubt about that. But okay, then look at- then in that case, in that case. <laughs> What do you think the Raptors have to do, Kawhi especially, to make sure that you know the series goes their way? Well, I think I think the Raptors just have a better basketball team. You know, I mean, okay. just putting a lot of talent on a team does not really make it a good team. Like mm-hmm. a lot of championship teams, like the Bulls championship team or the Spurs championship team, even the Lakers championship teams, they had like two really good players, and the rest were role players. They weren't mm-hmm. all stars. They weren't great players. They never going to win a Hall of Fame. They weren't like. top five at sometime like scoring like you just that's how basketball winning is done is like you just have a bunch of really good role players and the reason why even the warriors are looking susceptible is because they don't have that role players that can play that 48 minutes and i feel like toronto has that team you know they have a they have a good, they have two good three good 3 and d players which is i i don't know if any yeah it's just amazing you know you have kawhi leonard danny green and siakam very all three of them excellent defensive players excellent shooters uh mm-hmm. so they can they can they can shut down the sixers i think the only advantage the sixers have is joel embiid uh but then we also have marcus all who is also defensive player was he defensive player of the year once I, I yeah he was there i think 2012 or something he was he was the last center before gobert to win that defensive player yeah so you know i mean he's a little run down but He's going to do something. He's got some. He's got. Surely some. you don't. Ex- surely, surely you don't expect Mark Gasol to stop Embiid. I'm not saying stop him. Like you can't stop Embiid. Uh, Embiid is a beast. But uh, uh, Mark Gasol knows how to play basketball. And okay. uh, you know, it's it's like the way I beat you in basketball, right? Like. Oh, oh my God. I mean, you're younger. You're faster. You have played more. But I come back, you know, from my vacation, and I'm still like beating you. You know. I was just being allowed to record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's just experience. I think you know, yeah, especially okay. on the defensive side, there are certain things that people learn about, like pushing, making sure you don't get the ball at the right place, making it more difficult. Okay. Um. The so now let's move on to the other 
Eastern Conference match. Not, the Milwaukee is winning. The Milwaukee is winning. Let's not Milwaukee. even talk about it. Milwaukee is winning. There's yeah, not, yeah. Even, not even like discussion. You don't even need to discuss this. No, this yeah, I mean, why is there okay. even, why Fine. are we even having a conversation about Milwaukee and Boston? It's going to be a seven-game series. Milwaukee, Boston's going to be Boston because it's got, it's got Kyrie, it's got Brad Stevens, it's got an experienced team. But Milwaukee is winning this series. I, I genuinely Mil- do not... I, I, I'm I'm happy to give Ashwin two minutes here to un- explain why. Ah, except for okay, okay. okay, hold on. Except for oh, Brad Steven is going to do Brad Steven things, and that's the regular season. This is a playoff. <laughs> These are bullshit statements. See, like I, I, make I, I, a valid I, I, point. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. See, Milwaukee played amazingly well through the regular season. Big props to them. They played uh, decent in the Detroit series. I mean, Detroit is a pathetic team, so it should really give them much credit for that. But see, this is the first challenge that they're going to face, and this is the first challenge that they're going to face. In a long while, like last year also, they last year, yeah, I mean, Bucks did play Celtics, right? Yeah, yes. they, they went to the seven-game series and they just was it lost. Was seven games? Yeah, yeah. seven games. Was it seven games? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. a seven-game okay. series. And they lost, and they and they didn't even have Kyrie Irving or uh, Gordon Hayward back then. So for me, what I'm saying is, see, I believe I, see, I'm not going to say the name of the coach, but I believe in that coach. <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> but the thing is. Giannis will do his thing. I have no doubt about that. Nobody can stop Giannis. But I think Celtics are smart enough to only let Giannis score and not be bothered by him. Okay, so first see, of all, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. Okay, okay. Go, on, go on, I will be stopped. You know who's the coach of, of the Bucks? Wooden Hoser. Yeah, he's, and he has got 20 years of doing NBA coaching. You know how many... How, that is, and Brad Stevens is not a better coach than Wooden no, no, that is absolutely false. No, Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. Fine, fine. We'll not talk about the coaching part because that's a little bit of a thing. What I'm saying is, at the point guard position, Kyrie Irving loads better than Eric Bledsoe. But uh, defensively, we have defensively. Jason. Defensively, uh, Bledsoe got tossed by Rosier last year. Like, Kyrie Irving will, like, I, I, no, I don't I, even want to say it because it's a, it's a children's show. I'm not even going to say okay, what fine, he's going to do. Bledsoe, like, Giannis will overpower anyone at that position. And I think even uh, the even Al Horford is not that big of a threat compared to whoever... Uh, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is, again, similar. Three-point shooter, very good defender. I'm not even going to say average, very good defender. On the other side, we have Jason Tatum. Like, the only person on Giannis's team who is better than... On a like you know, case-by-case basis than them is just... Chris Middleton. Giannis, Giannis, Chris Middleton is... Okay, fine, you can take Chris Middleton also. That is too much. I, I don't think Chris Middleton is better, but I'm saying the lack of experience of having played tough matches. Like, they have not played tough matches at all in the postseason or towards the end of the regular season. So, uh, so Jonathan, yes, I mean, I know you don't... You believe in the Bucks a lot more. So, please tell me, like, what are they going to do with these unique matches? So, question is, yeah, it's not about belief, right? It's just about... It's, it's very, very clear that the Bucks are... Like they they have more talent on their on their roster. Uh, Jason Tatum is is has not made the leap that we all expected him to make, and that's because he overachieved in his rookie season. Let's give let's say that right. Uh, okay. Jalen Brown is uh, decent. Jalen Brown's continued to do Jalen Brown stuff. Uh, they, they are really missing Marcus Smart. Uh, but hey, what's mm-hmm. the latest on Marcus Smart? I've not even read the news. I, apparently, he was on a treadmill. So my guess is they'll get him sometime back during this season. The only yeah, reason, the only reason I feel like I want to give the Celtics uh, three games and and this being a close series is, interestingly enough, the Kyrie, Hawford, Hayward trio is really working for them. Now, 
granted it was against a Pacers team but a Pacers team that was really good defensively uh, that trio is working for them which was which was a trio that did not exist last season uh, mm-hmm. both Kyrie and Hofford were not even there for the playoffs uh, for the Celtics to win uh, Kyrie will have to do obviously be Kyrie I think out of uh, Tatum and Hofford somebody needs to have a monster series and when I say monster, I genuinely mean a monster series, something like a 26-10 series, uh, which the likelihood of, of, of it happening is, is very, very low. You're not stopping Giannis and you're not stopping Chris Middleton. Who's guarding Chris Middleton? Tatum's guarding Miss Chris Middleton? I don't necessarily think he's a competitor. He's, he's a good defender, but he's 21. And he's not going to shut down Chris Middleton, who's, been, who's a veteran. So, the, I... I I, and here, okay, and I slightly disagree with Vinny that Budenholzer is a far better coach than Stevens. Worst case scenario, they're for. just as good as each other. But, but what? And and this is something that I think Jordan said about uh, Phil Jackson a long time ago. He's like, uh, at the end of the day, it's the players that need to play, right? The coaches can say what they want on the on the sidelines, but the players actually need to execute those plays. And uh, I think the Bucks. This is the Bucks time. I I think the Bucks in seven. Okay, I'm I'm saying uh, Celtics in uh, six. I'll go Celtics in You're, six. You are a brave man. Yeah, I I mean there's no money, so it's, it doesn't hurt to be brave. <laughs> what about you, Vinit? What are your feelings about this lovely series? I feel Milwaukee in like five or six. Milwaukee in five or six. You're not so stopping. Uh, you're not stopping Giannis, and Giannis wants to win. Ah. Ah, so it's okay. You don't have to stop Giannis. You have to stop Milwaukee. No. But okay, fine. That's. Dude, Giannis that's, can that's, Giannis can throw forty-five twenty on you like without. Thinking. Oh God, y'all, y'all tripping, y'all tripping. No, no I'm not saying. Did, did you see the? Did, did you see the last Giannis game against the Sixers? I did, I did. The, 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 against the Sixers that they played, yeah, yeah, where Yanis was like, yeah. okay, you know what? Enough. Let, let me show you guys what what I can do. Oh, see, he, play, he plays he plays in the Budenholzer system, right? And the Budenholzer mm-hmm. system is very similar to the San Antonio system, which is share the ball. You don't score that much, but that doesn't. But in the end of the day, you know, Tim Duncan got the ball. So, yeah. so I feel it's the same thing. It's like Giannis is kind of like Timmy. You know, he's just, he's just really good. I mean, I, I think Chris Middleton, uh, especially by Jonathan, is 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 a really overrated pick. Um, I mean, he's he, his numbers probably look good because in the East, but I'm just it's. Okay, it's a little bit of hating, but I, I don't think he's as good as people are making it out to be. And it will be exposed in this Yeah, but he series. doesn't, he doesn't need to be exceptionally six. good, right? He just needs to be better than his counterpart, which he is. I, I think on any given day, people would pick up... If you're talking about a long career, then yes, you pick Tatum mm-hmm. over Middleton. But if you're talking about a one-on-one mm-hmm. series today, this in this... In this uh, in, in, uh, as we speak today, Middleton is clearly yeah. the better player. Yeah, I agree. I think Jason Tatum's overrated. Oh, ah, yeah, you've been saying that for a while. <laughs> you see, just just check it out. I can guarantee. What do you mean, check it out? Is there a rating system somewhere I can see? He's just like overrated, overrated, man. He overachieved in Zulkia. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's, that's why right. that's All why right. I feel he's got a massive burden on him. Uh, I, I, I think I. I I think his ego is fine, uh, but that's then that's largely because Kyrie keeps uh, ripping them apart. Used to keep ripping them apart in the uh, locker room, uh, which is which is a, which is a conversation whole conversation for another podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, another R. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, let, let, let's let's end uh, the these uh, podcast uh, conversations with a little bit about. I mean, our audience would love to know a little more about you, Jonathan. Like, we don't know, we don't. I mean, we don't see you uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Bad connection, bad laptop. But the audience can only hear you, and they don't really know much about the they man, Jonathan. The can man. you tell us about the man, Jonathan? Is like, tell us a little bit about your basketball journey, like how you came to fall in love with the game. So, a, I don't have uh, much of a story, so that people need to know. Uh, but happy to kind just of, people, uh, I, I, um, I, I actually started playing basketball because I wanted to be part of, part of the cool kids uh, gang in in school. I think all the best looking guys used to play basketball. So I was like, if I go and play basketball, by extension, I'm also one of the best looking guys in school. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what correlation, not causation means. Like, this is this is why he's doing podcast too, because it's the sexy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So uh, so I, now now I get associated with sexy, sexy boys like you. But um, uh, so that's that's when I actually started. I mean, I I started stepping onto the basketball court. But once everybody knows that once you've actually played a game. Uh, and you've made a basket in a game and you've got a rebound in a game and you make an assist in a game, uh, you kind of automatically start falling in love with it, right? Because it's a sense of achievement that, see, unlike yeah. unlike other sports, right? In basketball, everybody's involved at every point of time. You're not, mm-hmm. unlike in football, where you take the ball and, oh, the forwards will do their shit and then when the ball comes here, the defenders will do their shit. In basketball, everybody's doing everything at every time. So you're really involved. And uh, for somebody who in school was uh, sidelined because I was fat and ugly, uh, it was it was uh, it was genuinely a validation for me to get, you know step on court, get a pass from one of the one of the better players and make a shot. Uh, so that just that just made me nuts about the game. I became crazy about it. I started following the NBA very very closely. Uh, been a huge fan of the NBA uh, for 20, for close to 20 years right now. Uh, the scales for me personally, uh, in terms of just how deeply I fell in love with the game, was the Robert Horry shot against the uh, uh, Sacramento Kings in 2001. Uh, yeah, because oh. I was a huge Kings fan, I really loved the style they played. I I really liked that team, whether it was Weber, whether it was uh, Doug Christie, Divac, uh, uh, Bibby. And uh, white chocolate. White, white chocolate was not that series. No, no, right? he was not. Yeah, that he was not that series. But, but but white chocolate was part of the legacy that got me liking the Kings. Uh, they just knew they loved sharing the ball, which is what which is how we played basketball. Fortunately, I that's how I started playing basketball. Like guys sharing the ball, not this one star player deciding to do everything. Um, so I, I was I was expecting the Kings to win. I was on a high, and then suddenly. Uh, from that high, I came into a crash when uh, Hori hit the shot. And it kind of, even at that age, it, I realized the extremes that my emotions were taken to. And that's when I realized, shit, I actually love this game. Uh, nothing makes me nothing makes me feel higher or lower than basketball. Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. Like, other than my parents, it's my parents and then basketball. No, absolutely nothing else does. Um, and uh, in terms of my career... I was fortunate to work with the NBA India office. Uh, I worked with an agency that executed NBA India's um, uh, events for six for the first six years they were in India, from 2008 to 2013. Uh, ever since I've written for the NBA uh, for the NBA.com website, I was I headed content for the website. I even wrote for Scroll. I've been covering the NBA, doing a podcast. Uh, right now, I run a sports journalism website with a focus on Indian sport. Uh, 
but nba and basketball will always be my uh, number one love currently i'm working on a very uh, very um, very personal project where i'm looking to project. build an elite level basketball academy in india uh, so yes, that's a that's a that's a pet project that i'm working on uh, it's it's been 6 years in the making i've been putting the pieces together finally i got time now after having left the corporate life to start uh, putting the pieces together but yeah that's that's me in a nutshell man Awesome. That's hey, you didn't you didn't talk about the basketball babas, bro? Uh, yeah. I mean, part I thought of he was issue. going to say the personal project was basketball babas. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, no, I, for me, for me, for me, basketball babas is just as much as ball is way as just as much as hoop darshan. The, the the thing is that uh, you know, and this is where I really hope someday the NBA India will realize that it's important to engage. uh you know fans such as yourself fans such as karan in a deeper way because it shows that there are people who genuinely care about the game in this country and care about the nba uh you know with uh, uh, and and i'm glad they're doing that with akshay uh, akshay akshay's akshay's been selflessly uh and uh, thanklessly following the game for a very long time and they finally he is getting the coverage that he he, he does but i think the nba needs to encourage more of this conversation and that was ball is uh, uh, ba- sorry that was basketball babas basketball babas was uh, the the idea was to get uh, an nba fan such as yourself myself and even karan having a conversation about basket about nba basketball in india uh, the the world the world needs to know that there are hardcore indian nba fans who are born and raised in india or outside of the us that's something that they have no clue about uh, they think indians are people who just dribble a ball or you know they are we, we just we ride elephants and have pet snakes but that's just fuck all right you know like we know our shit we, guys like you guys like me guys like vineet karan akshay we've been following this game for decades it's part of our dna uh, so that's that was that was the attempt with basketball babas just to give Indian NBA fans a platform to have conversations. Definitely. Uh we are very grateful that you know we have so many platforms right now to uh you know too many platforms the fans to. Not too many <laughs> like just enough just But about I, I, enough. I, I have I have I have I have a great quote. Uh you know uh, Jonathan said he fell in love with basketball because uh you know uh you can the moment you shoot a ball or the moment you get a rebound or the moment you do an assist you fall in love with basketball so my right. question for you ashwin is how did you fall oh, in God. love with basketball because you don't do an assist i uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> hey, man, i have video proof of an assist on youtube i will uh, show it to you sometime it is the and, only and, recorded assist and venith it's only going to get worse because he just bought kobe's book oh my god hey, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I got that book. You know, yeah. like Ashwin, Ashwin is like the quintessential Kobe fan who just like shoots and says Kobe. You know, like this is this proper <laughs> meme. <laughs> But what else are you supposed to say? Anyway, enough ribbing about Duncan. Uh, like you do the bank shot and you say Duncan. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Kobe has five rings. Please don't forget. Anyway, uh, that that's it. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us. It was a delight yes. listening to your dulcet tones and your uh, wise sagacious beard. Sagacious. And uh, I should use that word. <laughs> But thanks, thanks and, uh, for having we, me on, guys. We, uh, definitely uh, love what you guys are doing. I really like the name. Thank by the way, Ball is Bay definitely caught me. Uh, more power to you guys. Uh, NBA in India needs more guys like you. 
I and this I will keep yes, saying. That is true. I agree. We also agree. Yes. <laughs> but for now, for, for now, let just let us go to the Austin game, and then after a couple of years, <laughs> after a couple of years, we'll get on some of it.